Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seattle 2 Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah-ish. Oh, just an ish? Yeah. <laughs> rough, rough day. Yeah. Rough year. Home office is a challenge. I'll take your word for it. I'm essential. You're essential and I'm tired. No, I'm tired too. Yeah, well... I think this is just how everybody feels right now. Just no matter what you're doing, you're just tired. I think so. I feel like that's fair. Which transitions us which transitions us very well into cocktails. What cocktail do you have? I have Kavita, sparkling probot oh shoot, words are hard. <laughs> Probiotic drink. It's lemon and cayenne. Mmm, spicy. <laughs> Bottle just farted. Yeah, okay, blame the bottle. No, it was the bottle. I was struggling to open it, and then it just released some of its sparkling probioticness. Mm-hmm. It's like spicy lemonade. I've also had it before. I like lemonade. I like spicy it's stuff. It's good. The burn makes you know that it's working. Those probiotics. Ah, uh, is that how drinks work? Sure, why not? The cat seemed to agree with me, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Are you feeding it to your cat? No, no, none for her. Okay, she just then. meowed at the right time, so she agrees with, it with, that, with whatever you I You heard say. it here first. Melinda gives her cat weird spicy lemonade. I just want the cat to have the good bacteria in her gut. I feel like cats are all bacteria. Did you hang up on me? Nope. Skype just decided no thank you. <laughs> it's because everybody's on fucking Skype right now. This is true. This might be a challenge. We might have to switch to Zoom. Because everybody's not on Zoom either. Yeah, but I've got a paid Zoom account, so... I don't want to pay for this. You don't have to. I have the paid account. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know how it works. Anyways, for Skype rudely hung up on us, what's your cocktail, Sarah? My cocktail is the wine and the glass left on the kitchen table that I am too tired to go get. How long has that wine been in the glass on the kitchen table? Oh, I mean... That particular wine has not been there for very long, but uh, I've been filling that glass pretty steadily for about an hour or so. Okay, at least it's like today's wine and not like three days ago forgotten oh, wine. Yeah, it's, it's definitely today wine. It's some idiot asked me the same question for the 50th time wine. <sighs> Welcome to my life. Oh, this has long been my life. It's just getting to me more at home. <laughs> I'm sorry, when are you getting toilet paper in? When's the best time to come get it? Why aren't you ordering more toilet paper? Don't talk to me. That's when you just shout, you can use your hands. You're not my supervisor! <sighs> so, what's your update? Well, the other day the cats seemed like they were kind of bored and they needed to play, so we brought out a whole bunch of their toys for them. Because, you know, for some reason they have a ridiculous amount of cat toys. And then we put them up because Allie will carry them around and cry. And it gets annoying. No, no. They were buried in the cat toy bin and she managed to fish two of them out. So she's been carrying around the house today. But not crying. So maybe she's learned. And we also learned she might be a little bit smarter than we thought. Seeing how she managed to dig out the toys she wanted. <laughs> so... It's cute. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I'm so tired. 
today, Moose decided he wanted to jump in on every single teleconference I had. And when I wasn't paying attention to him, he'd stand on the couch and then peek up over my monitors like, hello, hello, excuse me, excuse me, I have a question, please, hello. And then he'd run away. And everybody loved it. Yeah, well, and basically he was just kind of a nudge to me, but everybody else thought it was funny. Someone would be like, Sarah, why is your microphone on mute? Like, well, one, that's just proper etiquette that you have your mic on mute. Your, your mic on mute when you're not speaking. But also because if I unmute the mic, you will hear my dog licking my feet. Ew, nobody needs that. No, but he's just loving the attention. I don't know how he knows that there's people out there watching him, but he clearly knows because he puts on a show every single time. He's going to be our next uh, YouTube it girl. Boy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what's (laughs) the next YouTube superstar, I guess, would probably be a better way to phrase it. Could be. Who knew that there'd be superstars of Zoom, but obviously there are. And it's him? Yep. Figures. Cats are just zooming around. Well, it's just Allie. She's just zooming around, but uh, these cats. Anywho, uh, got a fun new news story for us, Sarah? I do. So I know the number one news story right now is the coronavirus. And basically there is no travel news because all travel news is, hey, you can't travel. Womp womp. Uh, What I found instead is tangentially related to travel in that the subject of the story is something I bought for travel. Trust me, just go with me on this. If you are in Europe, you are probably familiar with a store called Decathlon, which is sort of like REI in the US, but entry-level stuff. Like, it's not super fancy tents or, like, professional skis. It's like, hey, you want to try camping? Here's a a decent tent that will not set you back a million dollars. You want to try snow sports? Here's like beginner level skis, that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, what the hell does a million dollar tent look like? Uh, it has chambers. But you know, tents can get very, very expensive quickly. Why would you even consider spending a million dollars on a tent? Uh, have you met Jeff Bezos? No, I have not. <laughs> but basically, like, whereas... If you're a super experienced camper, you might spend like 200 bucks on a tent. They have tents starting at like 30. Will it last forever? No. Literally like a single use tent, it sounds like. <laughs> but if it's 30 bucks. But decent quality. I'm a little weary. After going snorkeling in Hawaii this year with my family, I decided to buy myself a snorkel set. And Decathlon is really well known for their full face snorkel masks. So it's the kind where you don't have to concentrate on breathing through your through your mouth only because that's a weird feeling for most people. This is a full face mask so you can continue to breathe through your nose like normal. And it's kind of shaped like a, it makes you look like a snork because it has like the pipe that goes off in the back of your head. What the hell is a snork? It's like an off-brand Smurf, but instead of a hat, they have a tube. They live underwater. Just go with it. Sea monkeys? Uh, no, not quite. They're snorks. I promise. It's a thing. But so these masks are ubiquitous in Europe. If you want to try snorkeling, but you've never done it before, you have this mask. 
and it is the one that I got for myself thinking, hey, this summer we're going to go someplace warm and we'll get to snorkel. And now it is in my basement. But they have found that there's actually a new use for this mask. And because it's so common and so, so many people have them, it's actually a very, very good thing in the current environment. So this mask can be repurposed and someone has 3D printed an attachment for the mask where the breathing pipe would normally go. You pop it off and it's supposed to pop off. It's designed to do so. You pop on this little yellow dongle or adapter and it can be turned into a ventilator at the hospital. Huh, that's pretty cool. So right now in Italy, they are considering rounding them up and using them in the hospitals for coronavirus patients because they don't have enough actual ventilators, but they have a whole lot of these masks. Everybody has them. They have people 3D printing these adapters and people are bringing in their snorkels and suddenly patients that didn't have ventilators before now have them. Right on. People helping people. That's what's up. And so that snorkel that's been sitting in your basement, unused since your vacation three years ago, now has a purpose. I thought that was pretty cool. And now I know if I get sick, I can bring my own ventilator right to the hospital. Just pin it to your jacket so you don't get lost (laughs) from each other. It's not going to help you find your way to the hospital. But, huh, that's smart. But yeah, I thought that was pretty clever because it really is everywhere. I'd say out of my coworkers, there's like 1,100 of us. If I had to guess, I'd say about three to 400 of us have it because everybody gets this mask. And what's actually funny. She means the mask, not the virus. Not the virus that we know of because none of us have been tested. But uh, there was a picture floating around when Italy first was having their major breakout of a man walking around town wearing one of these masks as if it were a medical mask and people were making fun of him. But now he kind of seems like a genius. He didn't know it yet, but he really had the answer right in his hands. It's the circle of life, Simba. It's the circle of scuba. Well, snorkel, close enough. No, I'm pretty sure there's a difference. There is, but the the circle of scuba sounds better. No, it's always just the circle of life. If you say And whomever you're talking to is Simba. I thought that was interesting, and... It makes me, as a pack rat, feel really good about holding on to travel stuff that I don't use anymore. Because you never know. Like her millions of suitcases. I don't have a billion suitcases anymore. I sold all my extras. So she can gather a million more. Exactly. Like the haunting cube one. Like the what? The cube one that was haunting you. (laughs) Yeah. I still don't know what it's for. Apparently, travel. It's supposed to be. Doesn't have to be functional. It's just, it's an option. It's supposed to be reminiscent of old steamer trunks, but you know what's reminiscent of old steamer trunks? Trunks. That's a wheeled suitcase shaped like a stick of butter. I wonder how many sticks of butter you could fit in it. Do you think it's a lot? I think it's a lot. Well, Sarah's gone bye-bye for the moment, so while she's recollecting her remaining brain cells... This week's episode is going to be about Easter around the world. Though things may be different and your travel plans may have changed. I mean, maybe this is something to look forward for next year. I think I've decided where I want to spend Easter some point in my life. I think I can figure out which one it is. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Just because you are not traveling right now does not mean that you have to stop learning about other cultures. So here's... 
maybe find a way to incorporate some of these traditions in your own quarantine life. But maybe not the ones that involve fire. Damn it, Sarah, you take out all the fun. (laughs) Anyway, let's dive right in. Speaking of fire, in Cyprus, when they paint their Easter eggs, they paint all of them red to represent the blood of Christ, which is uh, a little bit uh, dark, but you know, most Catholic traditions are. It's like the best like demonic jesusness sure i don't know it's it's a little creepy you guys well and then the day before easter they the teenagers in cyprus spend the day gathering anything flammable they can get their hands on to prepare for sunday bonfires and it's not just like oh here's some branches we found in the woods or here's some old recyclable paper whatever no no it includes furniture and also mattresses if they can get their hands on it and neighborhood groups of teens will battle each other to have the biggest bonfire and sometimes that includes just checking out your rival's fire pile and then dousing it with water so the next day they can't burn it that sounds like fun yeah not gonna lie and then like they'll throw firecrackers into the pile for effect but it's a huge pride thing that you want to be the group that has the best bonfire in your town because it really shows that you know how to celebrate Easter, how they wanted you to do it. Just like Jesus wanted. Exactly. I mean, if you're going to come back, you better have a sweet welcome home party. This is true. So keep that in mind as we talk about all these traditions. It's all about the Jesus. As you may have gathered, we are also not religious people. We don't mean to make fun, but some of them are a little oddball. Yeah, we'll get to you, France. <laughs> We're looking at you, buddy. <laughs> So what you got? In Norway, they have like a good balance of things, I think. It's your last chance to ski and do winter things, like go to your winter cabin. It's also your first chance to get some sun. So it's kind of a big travel time to go to sunny, warmer locations. Because, you know, long, cold winters. If you have a sweet tooth, they also have like a Norwegian equivalent of a Kit Kat. So you know they're doing things right over there. Of course. Gotta get your Easter egg hunt with your candy and your Norwegian Kit Kat that I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to try. But then the best part, crime dramas. For some reason, Easter holiday is really big about having, like, crime dramas from movies to television to books. I don't know. It's brilliant. Well, I mean, who is Jesus' Who doesn't want a good whodunit with their Norwegian Kit Kat while skiing? What is Jesus' resurrection if not the biggest how done it of all time? It's not a who done it, but it's a how done it. I think we know how they did it. <laughs> and if I know that, that's saying something. How does that not sound fun? Crime dramas all weekend. One of the things I read is that not only are there crime dramas on TV, but they also print them on milk cartons. So, like, while you're eating your cereal. You know how as kids you might read the back of a cereal box? Well, there you're just reading a crime story on your milk carton, which kind of reminds me of the old, like, missing kids on milk cartons. Which the dairy farmers actually started doing to try and help. Mm -hmm. Good job, dairy farmers. Did you ever, as a kid, read the book The Face on the Milk Carton? Who didn't? That was one of my favorite books. Did you know that there are five in that series? Maybe, but not necessarily. Yes. Like, I feel like there was other books that went along with that, but I couldn't tell you exact. About once every five years, I'm like, you know what I should do? 
I should reread those super silly books. And I do. And I rip through them in like three days. Well, they're YA novels, so. Right. But there's also five of them. (laughs) And I work. This would be perfect reading for your crime drama filled Eastern weekend in Norway. I know what I'm doing for Easter. Yeah. All right. Let's hear about France and their what they do. Okay. So I think let's just get this out of the way. All the popularized version of Easter traditions are a little bit silly. Like the idea of a giant bunny delivering eggs is a little weird. It's about fertility, damn it. Which is pagan, not Chris, whatever. But anyway. It's it's a little column A, little column B, try and appease the masses, and uh, now you get a giant bunny. Uh, well, in France... Makes perfect sense. And I, conf- I confirmed this with a French colleague of mine. She read it and just went, you know, it sounds silly when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> so in France, they tell their children that all of the bells and all of the churches start stop ringing the week before Easter on Thursday because the bells have flown to the Vatican to be blessed by the Pope. Question. Mm-hmm. Is Quasimodo and the gargoyles the escort of the bells? I don't know. Because I feel like that would like really beef up the story. <laughs> so no bells ringing until Sunday when they fly back to their steeples and begin ringing again. Oh, France. But we never see the bells fly away? No. They do it at night when you're sleeping. Uh, like a good child. Like Santa. So the Easter bunny brings you uh, chocolate eggs so but if you are oh crap i'm gonna have to figure out how to pronounce this city name so okay i got it so there is a town in france called ho spelled h-a-u-x not h-o don't go there and their tradition is that the morning of easter children go around and collect eggs from all of their neighbors they bring them to the city center and they crack them and make a gigantic omelet. Yes! What I've seen, I've seen estimates ranging from like 4,500 to 5,000 eggs and serving upwards of 1,200 people. Damn. Which is pretty impressive. It's a lot of eggs. I want to see what the population of this town is because I'm going to laugh if it's, it's like 80 people. A third. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And you're going to eat this for a year now. (laughs) Okay. It says online that they serve upwards of 1,200 people. The population of this town is 827. That's a lot of eggs to eat. I feel like... Better get going. They're going around to all the neighboring towns. Like, look, we made this gigantic omelet. We're never going to be able to finish it. Can you please just get over here? Just, Just eat it. So that is their tradition. I have seen a picture of the pan in which they make it. And it is, if you can picture the center court of a basketball court, like the ring in the middle, I'd say it's larger than that. It is a very sizable omelet pan, which I don't know which is more impressive, the gigantic omelet or whoever made that giant pan. Or whoever has to try and stir it. Or clean it. Ooh, hard pass. I feel like that's a pan where it sits on the shelf for a little while or on the counter. And then after a while, you're like, you know what? Let's just throw it out. I don't like it that much. They just take it to the river and let it soak for a bit. (laughs) And you can float down the river on it. River rafting! Propelled by stinky egg farts. Ew. 
in Finland, they, um... They have some pretty awesome traditions. Uh, little kids dress up as Easter witches and they go door to door with willow, twi willow twigs. Apparently it's also making fun of the old traditions where they believe that evil spirits and witches used to roam around during Easter. As they do. I don't know why Easter was their super jam, but it was. Um, they too also like to have giant bonfires. Uh, they are purposely lit to drive away the evil spirits on Easter Sunday. So I don't know if, like, the little witches retreat at that point, but I guess you could probably lure them back in with their foods. They have two traditional puddings that are, like, stupid sweet that kids love. They may not look appealing, but apparently they're delicious. Sweet puddings, like, we would think of pudding, or sweet puddings, like, the British think of puddings? No, I think of, like, actual puddings, but sometimes they're kind of, like, molded to kind of look more eastery mm, <laughs> like congealed pudding the traditional sense <laughs> but easter witches with little willow twigs to like bless your homes and bonfire i like this it's like halloween again yeah when i read about it it was basically described as finnish halloween i was like sweet halloween twice a year sign me up i'm good with that yeah and it, i mean it your co your costume doesn't have to be complicated you're just a witch for easter easy peasy <laughs> I mean, I'm a witch for Easter anyway, but that's more of a metaphorical attitude sense than costume sense. Well, if you don't have your willow twig, you're not doing it right. You know what? I... But I also like the fact that they poke fun at old traditions that are a little wonky. <laughs> Good for them. Good sense of humor, Finland. Well, speaking of traditions that are, that are a little wonky, I'm actually going to go quickly to one that's not on our list, but that I was reminded of today. Speaking of twigs... And speaking of wonky traditions, in the Czech Republic and Slovakia, they have a tradition where young men and boys chase women around with willow switches and whip them. Oh, hard pass. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I think it's supposed to be like gentle teasing, but also not all boys know where the line is. And I feel like gentle teasing can very quickly just ramp up into full-on whipping granted i have not not okay i've not seen this tradition myself but everywhere i see it described I'm like oh it's light-hearted fun like that that does no not that does not sound like fun to me please do not whip me definitely something that sounds like it's gonna get out of control way too quickly yeah yeah and as far as i know finland's not whipping anybody with those willow twigs see finland i like cute witches gentle teasing ab about old traditions uh does not involve hurting each other even no nope. in a fake way but anyway yeah i read that one and just kind of went mm. like i know not every tradition is going to make sense to outsiders but that one feels like it makes less sense than most just do your thing little bit countries yeah but also i, don't I just may me. not be seeing you for easter <laughs> yeah Next on my list that I actually plan to talk about is Australia. So a thing you may or may not know about Australia is that rabbits were introduced by the colonizers when they arrived in Australia. And like a lot of animals that have no natural predator, they ran rampant. And so rabbits are considered one of Australia's biggest pests because there's nothing there that'll eat them. So they just you know, breed like rabbits, and suddenly there's a bajillion of them. It's not food there. <laughs> Lots of people eat rabbit. It's cool. But they don't, they're not into it. Yeah, well, and it's also... That would be like eating a rat? No, I think they do eat it. It's just you cannot keep up with them. Like, there's no way to eradicate them because there's 
so 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 many like if you're familiar with the australian children's book the rabbits it's all about the marsupials versus the invading rabbits and how do you make your life how do you continue living your life when you're being pushed out of your homes by i mean it's a metaphor for the british but whatever anyway because it's the story of an invading species that is pushing out the local creatures marsupials suffered because there were too many rabbits but anyway the point of that was that rabbits are kind of a symbol of evil in australia which is why they do not have an easter bunny because bunnies are bad instead they have an easter marsupial there instead of doing rabbits or bunnies they do bilbies which if you've never seen one before looks like a rat with gigantic bunny ears but it's a marsupial it's like somewhere between a possum and a rabbit it is that sounds terrifying it is not attractive but <laughs> that is how they celebrate instead of chocolate bunnies they do chocolate bilbies will you get me a chocolate bilby uh if you will pay for shipping no that that goes along with the terms and agreements of you getting it for me nah send a self-addressed stamped envelope and i will put a bilby in it a chocolate one not a real one yeah i don't want the real one because that sounds terrifying yeah and it kind of has a little bit of a pointy nose like an anteater but with a rat's tail and a bunny's ears you're definitely not selling this oh my god are there mall bilbies that would be so scary like way scarier than the easter bunny let me see meet the easter bilby i'm looking i'm looking yes there is nope it has giant buggy eyes i do not care for this okay well the real animal looks a lot cuter than what you described really i don't think it does what you described was absolutely what nightmares were made out of i mean i'm sure the mall one is terrifying as all you know full character costume things are well check but your the phone actual animal isn't that bad you just send the mall one mm -hmm. i swear to god if i have nightmares yeah, nope. Mall one, terrible. Real animal, not so bad. Listeners, you be the judge. I think the creature's kind of terrifying looking too. It's a gigantic rat. No, it doesn't have an anteater nose. It has a slight schnoot. It's, it's pretty anteater-y. God, that second mall one is just like terrifying. I thought the first one was terrifying. Its eyes are bigger than... Ugh. That's how they make it cartoony. Ugh. Those children yeah, don't no. look nearly concerned enough to be next to that. Did they have a special candy or anything that they're getting? Maybe it's worth it. No, it all looked pretty similar. Just instead of bunnies, they're bilbies. That better be like the best chocolate they've ever had. <laughs> oh, oh no. I found a handmade Easter bilby like printout mask. That's automatically going to be creepy because it's a mask that's printable. Wait, wait, wait. There you go. I'm printing one, and I'm going to meet you at the airport with it. <laughs> oh, it looks like a plague doctor with ears. As all things should. See? No. Just, no. You might as well just stick bunny ears on a plague doctor mask. I don't know what to think of the chocolate bilby. <laughs> if you are listening to this, you should Google mall bilbies and chocolate bilbies and bilby mask. And, uh... My apologies for the lack of sleep you're going to get tonight. They're not as horrifying as like the classic 1940s, 1930s Easter bunnies from the mall. Those things are total nightmare fuel. But these are not great either. All right. On the less terrifying note, 
Let's talk about what Florence does. It's way better. Less scary. Less nightmares. Um, Florence Henderson? Yeah. And Florence in the Machine? <laughs> Did I get that right? Anyways, in Florence, Italy, they like to do a traditional explosion of the cart. As this we... is how you know that the church might be a little bit cool. I mean, it's got its, its uh, perks. It's high points and celebrations. So, explosion of the cart. So the archbishop is hanging inside the Duomo. They light a dove-shaped rocket that's on a wire. And then it goes outside the church. And then it hits a special exploding cart that's pulled by two white oxen. Because they gotta be fancy. Of course. And it has a whole bunch of fireworks on it. I hope they take the oxen off. Mm. Just kidding. This may not be as cool as it sounds. <laughs> Poor oxen. Oh, but... So once the dove-shaped rocket hits the cart, it makes all the fireworks on it go off. The pictures look pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I mean, anything that involves rockets are, is probably pretty cool to look at. And fireworks. And you have some archbishop that's probably, like, in his best robes lighting things on fire. Of course. Yeah. But anyways, if that dove comes back to the altar inside the church, that's how you know it'll be a prosperous year. Of course. I see. You know, I completely see the logic there. It's like the groundhog. know everything. Yeah, but, you know, it's just a rocket. <laughs> it's not an intelligent creature. Well, neither is the groundhog. Yeah, it's got some brain cells, so we'll give it some credit. Fair enough. I mean, its name is Punxsutawney Pete. How could you be mad at that? Is it Pete? Phil. And it's Oops. Punxsutawney. His... Whatever. Punxsutawney Phil and his cousin Punxsutawney Pete do their thing. But anyways, Italy's pretty chill about Easter. They have, like, a saying that Christmas is for hanging with your family and Easter's for doing whatever you want. <laughs> More or less, I'm paraphrasing. But, like, you don't have to spend the day with your family. You can go and take in the arts, go see all those sweet religious relics that they have, take a trip to the gardens, take a trip out to the country, do whatever. It doesn't have to be with your family. And that's good, because I haven't spent Easter with my family since 14 years ago. I mean, if there's no exploding cart, what's the point? Yeah, honestly, family, if you want me to be there, explode some shit. Or have a bonfire. That works too. But Florence, Italy likes to do things a little bit different just because they can. Lamb is, or lamb or ham are usually like your big Easter meal staples. No, no. They do T-bone steaks. Obviously. Yeah, because they fancy. Because Jesus was the T-bone steak of God. Oh, <laughs> that got dark. <laughs> And that brings us back to Norway and our crime dramas, where Sarah will be writing her debut novel. It's a gritty telling of Easter Sunday, told from the point of view of the Romans. Yikes. (laughs) But like everybody else, Florence is also big about their Chaco eggs. As they should be. Because as we all know, Jesus is risen, he laid a few eggs, and then he went back to sleep. Sleep, air quotes. Man, you all were worried about me making this inappropriate. (laughs) I'm just saying, Easter, the traditions... Easter's kind of an oddball holiday, let's just be honest. The traditions have more to do with 
holidays that predated Christianity, then it really does to do with Jesus. But, you know, whatever. It's just a big candy holiday. Yeah, I mean, give me chocolate eggs and I'm happy. We could celebrate anybody. It doesn't have to be Jesus. No, it could be a bilby. It could be a bilby. A bilby who lays chocolate eggs. It could be crime dramas. Honestly, that's what we really need to be celebrating. Let's celebrate the crime dramas. With witches and bonfires and T-bone steaks. And not whipping each other, please. No. No, no. (laughs) That sounds way too painful. You have a visitor. What's up, kitties? Decided to be awake now? Melinda was talking and I just saw her cat slowly tiptoe into frame. And when he was perfectly framed, he sat down and looked at the camera. He wanted to announce his presence. (laughs) He's like, celebrate me! The Easter Mogwai. Don't feed him past midnight. <laughs> For everybody that wasn't around in, like, what, the late 80s, it's a Gremlins movie reference, which has nothing to do with Easter. That's a Christmas movie. Sure. It is. I know. I've just never seen it. Oh my gosh, we can't be friends anymore. Literally, I did not know what a Mogwai was, and you just kept using the term over and over and over again, and eventually I googled it. I thought you were trying to say Mowgli. What does Mowgli have to do with anything? It sounds like Mogwai. If you were saying it with an impediment. It probably took me two years before I bothered to Google it. I just thought you didn't know how to say Mowgli. I can say Mowgli. And I can say Mogwai. Yeah, but Mowgli doesn't come up in conversation often enough for me to have fact-checked that. So, if you're ever (laughs) forming a trivia team for your do-whatever-you'd-like Easter Maybe don't invite Sarah. I'm very good at trivia, just not movies from the late 80s. Or early 90s. Like, her her movie knowledge probably starts in, like, 2000. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Shame. Shame on you. (laughs) I didn't start getting interested in movies until my sister married a movie buff. And he was super into movies. And he was making all these references I did not understand could not tell you what he was talking about and eventually was like damn it now i have to watch movies i would have understood yeah probably if it tells you, on you anything about how little i know about movies a friend of mine uh, what is it so uh sorry i couldn't remember what year it came out so when american idiot the album came out in like 2005 the green day album they came out with a documentary that came with it And at one point, one of the guys in the band says, no man can eat 50 eggs. And I thought it was the funniest thing on earth because I had zero context that he did not come up with that, that it was a reference to something else. And I said it once in front of my brother-in-law and he goes, hey, you do know movie stuff. And I was like, you watched the American Idiot documentary? You were pretty close. 2004 is when that album was, was released. My brother-in-law goes, what documentary? There's a documentary about Cool Hand Luke? And I was like, no, that's from the American Idiot documentary. It's from Bullet in a Bible. And he goes, you dumbass. And then he- I was going to say, and that's the day we all found out Sarah was a fraud. (laughs) And then he made me watch Cool Hand Luke. That's my frame of reference for movies is I hear it from other places and think that's the original. (sighs) So 2004 is when Sarah really started watching movies. Yeah, because I was shamed into it. 
Pretty much. I mean, good for your brother-in-law. But I still thought no man can eat 50 eggs was the funniest thing on earth, even though I had zero idea what the context was. Shame. Now you must watch Gremlins out of shame. A never-ending story, because how dare you? I feel like those are both movies that if you saw them when you were young, you can be nostalgic for, but if you see them as an adult, they do not hold up. You just sit there going, what the fuck? It's like, what is this? It's like Goonies. The first time I saw it, it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious for probably 10 years. And then I watched it again recently and went, oh, oh, this is racist. <laughs> Stop ruining my childhood movies. Yeah. There's a lot of really dumb dick jokes in it, too, which are like yeah. hee funny when you're little. But as an adult, you just kind of go, Ugh, OK. <laughs> or maybe it's just you because you have poor taste in movies because you haven't seen the classics. Anyways, way off topic. A little bit. That was Easter part two, Electric Boogaloo. Let's go back to the original. OK, not everything needs to be part two, Electric Boogaloo. Sometimes they can be too Easter, too furious. <laughs> I don't want that kind of Easter. <laughs> Easter 2, Havana Nights. Oh, what is it? We should have looked up what Havana does. Let's Google, shall we? Google it! Cuban Easter traditions. As the cat screams in the background. It would help if I didn't type Cuban Eastern traditions. I don't know. Maybe Eastern Cuba celebrates differently. I mean, it's possible. Oh my gosh. I found something where it's talking about all the food like this is your holiday menu for easter in cuba Ooh, whole roasted pig which is funny because i just read an article that says we don't eat pig during easter well this is also from oh this is a restaurant i think because <laughs> it says we are temporarily closed please check back for updates and then there's like private parties sunset celebration and patio bar well this is what they make and it sounds freaking delicious oh i've got something interesting yeah now i'm hungry so i found this interesting little tidbit on intrepidtravel.com it says and i'm just going to read this verbatim because clearly we are winging this section of the episode says it was only a few years ago that christianity was completely it was up until only a few years ago that christianity was completely illegal in cuba churches were sealed christmas and easter weren't public holidays and faithful often endured government-led crackdowns christmas was reinstated in 1988 while the bells rang from the roman catholic churches to celebrate easter for the first time in over 50 years in 2012 damn it's growing in popularity in cuba again good friday is a national holiday once more and processions and special easter services are becoming more common so that is something that i did not know at all and this is why we talk about holidays around the world so we can learn something yeah but easter is rather recent again in cuba yeah i feel like that means that their traditions are about to evolve a great deal because they were paused for so long which that should be actually interesting to see what they take on and what they get rid of interesting good job cuba you do you or at least allow people to do themselves that nope now that just sounds mm -hmm. weird anyways let's go to that tip of the week yeah what you got brought to you by me first all no matter what is happening in the world please always wash your hands just wash your hands that's all with soap with soap yeah just rinsing them is not washing them wash your hands and uh you know keep planning future adventures we'll get there maybe next year you can go and experience a bonfire in one of these countries for a easter holiday don't forget to try the gray stuff it's delicious 
okay. Uh, on the topic. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. Now we're talking to inanimate objects. Um, <laughs> on the topic of washing your hands and making sure you use soap, one of my coworkers the other day said the funniest thing. He said, you know, washing your hands without soap is just giving the germs a drink of water. I like that. <laughs> That's like the best way to teach kids. Yeah. So slash adults. While your germs may be thirsty, you don't need to give them water. Give them soap and water. And send them away. Whoosh, down the drain. Just like that. Whoosh. Do I need to do it again? Whoosh. And Whoosh. once again, Sarah has lost it. <laughs> You're the one who's talking to plates. It's that counter wine. Oh, it's from Beauty and the Beast, you loser. That I know. Oh, okay. Someone. Good job. They were doing something new at Disneyland a couple years ago, and one of my friends was like, oh my god, they're serving the gray stuff! And I was like, oh, do I have to Google this shit? I Googled it and went, oh, I still don't care. <laughs> so yeah, I get the reference. I just wish I didn't. That gray stuff did not wow. look delicious. It did not look delicious. It's not supposed to look delicious. It's just supposed to be delicious. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Okay, and this is the point where I start wrapping things up for the week. <laughs> Hopefully you two have learned something new about Easter traditions around the world. Maybe got a few nightmares out of looking up pictures of Easter bilbies. But yeah, just uh, get out there and remember it's an adventure. So have a safe, happy holiday. However you're doing it and wherever you're celebrating it. Stay healthy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, do that too. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C to Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at SAR underscore S, and Melinda is on both as at Hooligan Monster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!